there are probably 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 books that have been written on how to treat people, how to deal with people, how to interact with people in a way that is best for them and best for you. To me, the, uh, and I'm not speaking as an all-time expert, but uh, the, the classic is Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. How many of you have read that book? It's a great book. And if you don't like it, something's wrong with you, not the book, by the way. It's, it's a, it's a, it really is a great, great book. It's not better than the Bible, though. Would you agree with that? Uh, on how to interact with people well. And in Leviticus 19, Leviticus 19, we're ending our series tonight on life lessons from Leviticus. We're going to look at one concept that's not the end all, but it's part of the foundation of how we deal with people that really is, uh, man, it's so important. And I believe it's life-changing for them, and it will be life-changing for us if we will we will practice it. Let me give you this principle, and then we will unpack it together. Show honor to people. Now, I first had worded that, honor people. We could have put demonstrate honor, but if you're honoring people, obviously you're showing it. But I want to emphasize this, and this is obviously it's love and action. But one of the foundational principles, if you want to do life God's way, which is the best way, is that you show honor to people. I, I'm going to look at verse 32, and then we'll jump into the, the, the points of this. It says, stand up in the presence of the elderly, show respect for the ages, fear your God, I am the Lord. The word respect there, it may be honor in your translation. Let me tell you what this Hebrew word means. If you're taking notes, it's great. It means to honor someone, respect someone. I like this, to be large or to make large, or to be swollen, or to swell someone up. Some of us got swollen heads, right? Maybe we need shrunken heads. Not like the, the you know, the people used to do. You'd find, you know, the old Tarzan movies. That, well, never mind. But I think God's talking about us swelling up other people's heads. It means to adore someone or to adorn them. To respect, to, to be honored, to show respect, to adore are to adorn someone. And we're going to look at, this is all-encompassing, but I want us to walk through some things, specifically this Leviticus 19 teaches, and then see how it applies, I think, again to everybody. Here's the first thing he says, honor elderly people. Can I get an amen for all of you who think you're old? See, I, I can't amen that yet, but I'm for that. See, I'm a tweener. I'm 40, so... <laughs> Y'all laugh at, you never laugh at the right times, you laugh at the wrong times. It's not me, it's you, right? Brandon, that's what we hear all the time. It's not me, it's them. So, honor the elderly. Well, I'll let you and God to decide tonight. I'm middle-aged if I live to be 100, right? So, stand, see, you're supposed to laugh at that, but you don't laugh at that. Stand in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the ages. That literally to stand up means to rise up and to respect and honor and adore and esteem the elderly, those who are aged, those who are older people. And we, however we want to define older, I think we could see uh, AARP now, if you're 30, you're eligible for benefits, I think. But we'll say 65 and up. Does that sound good for you guys tonight for our 
God says, honor people who live that long. If for no other reason that they've lived that long and survived. Amen for you older people. Help me out now. Help me out. That, that's exactly right. Now, folks, I want to say something. It, not anybody at this church, but not every older person in the world is wonderful. Proverbs, Proverbs lays out many wonderful general principles. One, it says, is that gray hair is a sign of wisdom. That is not always true. I know some gray-haired, older, dumb people. Not at First Baptist, no, no, no. But they're out there. Would you all agree with that? They, are out, they drive. I mean, you, 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 you know they are out there. I've got fake hair, but underneath this is gray hair, right? What's left of it. That doesn't make you wise, but God's saying here, I think God's saying general principle, people who have lived long deserve some stinking respect, and that's the truth. I love that concept to stand in the presence of the elderly. You know, it used to be something, uh, manners, by the way, come from the Bible, and, and when we don't honor people, and we don't honor people who God tells us to, including here older people, something's wrong with us, not with them. Maybe they don't all deserve it, but it's not, again, I'll go back to this. It's not necessarily about them. It's about us and doing what God tells us to do. Sometimes it's easier, especially the older people get. I feel like my generation, we missed it completely. When I was like 30 and under, a young preacher, you were, you sat back and you just let the older preachers, you know, they're the ones you need to look to. Now it's I'm 54, and now it's you're too old, and you look at the younger preachers. I'm, I would missed out completely on that somewhere in there. But we have a tendency sometimes to push older people aside, just like older people can push younger people aside. I heard a little three-year-old ask her grandma. She said, Grandma, are you fixing to, to die and to be put out to pasture? And she said, why are you asking that? She said, when Mama, well, she said, you got wrinkles and spots on you. When Mama finds an apple with wrinkles and spots on it, she throws it out in the pasture. She says, it's gone. <laughs> we sometimes can do that with people, can't we? We think that they're past their prime or that we don't want to honor them or listen to them or believe in them anymore. Dennis the Menace asked Mr. Wilson once, he said, Mr. Wilson, you don't know who these characters are. Dennis is a troublesome kid, and Mr. Wilson was his older elderly neighbor. He said, Mr. Wilson, when you were young, was there an older generation? (laughs) There always has been. There always will be. If you're lucky enough, you'll live to be a part of it. And one thing God tells us in his word is to honor elderly people. I think that's pretty neat. Here's the second thing. He says, honor the strangers and the foreigners. Wow. We need to hear that too, don't we? Yes, pastor, we do. We do need to hear that. Verse 33 and 34, do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites. Love them as you love yourself. Remember that you once were foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The Jewish people struggled with this. But we all do to some extent. Wall Street Journal in October of 2010 had an article, a very interesting article, about how we are naturally wired to be biased towards people who are like us. And they did these surveys of people and the research, and they found out that if someone sounds like you 
on the phone or in an interview, you're, you lean toward them. But if their accent is hard for you to understand or hard for you to follow, you naturally, it's not even a character that you're being prejudiced. It's your mind is wired to pull towards people who are like you and to kind of pull away from people who are not. We're naturally wired that way. But you know what? As a Christian, as a God follower, we need to push ourselves against that natural wiring. And God was telling these Jewish people, and he's telling us today, I want you to honor, to respect, to show favor to people who are different from you. People whose color is not your color. People whose nationality is not your nationality. People who are from South Louisiana. (laughs) Yankees who dare cross and come to our country down here. You know, have you ever thought about this? Maybe the next time you go, and this is a great thing about Rustin. Rustin's fairly eclectic. There's a lot of different kinds of people here. Go to Dallas and walk around the mall. My goodness. You ought to be nice to everybody, but go out of your way to honor and show respect to someone whose color is different, whose skin's different, whose ethnicity, whose background is different. That's what God is saying to you and me here this evening. Now, you know, when we talk about U.S. national immigration policy, and this is not what it's talking about, you have to have wisdom and grace. You don't just throw open the borders to every and anybody with no regulation. You don't shut the borders down and never let another immigrant in. You have to have grace and wisdom. God's not talking about you and me making national policy. He's talking about the personal Judeo-Christian ethic. Is that when people are different from you and different from the group, you and I be different, and we make sure we honor and respect and show adoration to those people. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Honor those people who are different. Here's a third thing. Maybe this will convict us and motivate us. Honor those you do business with. Wow. How does he say this, verse 35 through 36? Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry materials or liquids must be accurate. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. It was easy then, and it's fairly easy now if you're wanting to be dishonest. You can take advantage of some older people. Maybe they can't hear well, they can't see well. Their mind isn't working as well. You can take advantage of someone who's new to our country and doesn't understand the language or or back then especially how they measured things and the measurements, how it could be different from city to city. And God was saying, I want you to be different in how you treat people. And I want you to show honor and respect to all people. And one way you do that is in your business dealings. And I think he would say to us this evening, don't you rip people off in your business and then tell them where you go to church or tell them you go to somewhere else, not here, amen? I go to temple, oh, yeah. I'm playing, I love Reggie Bridges. But you don't go here, right? <laughs> are, are you selling something on Rustin Market? Do you, do you really think it's okay in God's eyes if you beat somebody? If you sell them a shotgun or you sell them some kind of business deal and you know it's not the deal you would want for yourself or your family, that's not, that's not honoring anybody, is it? 
See, we will sell our soul for a small win. But would you sell your soul for a big cheat? I hope not. See, God gets so proud. In Leviticus, beautiful. Now, some of it's pretty, pretty boring and tough. <laughs> but this is just so real. And God says, I want you to honor people, respect people, show favor to people. One place I want you to do where 4,000 years ago they were struggling and we're still struggling today is you be fair to people, you treat them right in your interactions with them. Here's the fourth place that, that we're going to expand this now from just this text. Honor your parents. God says that. In Leviticus 19.3, we go back just a little bit in this chapter. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and your father. You must always observe, and he says, honor the Sabbath. We're going to look at that in January, but not tonight. Honor your parents, one of the big ten. Now, if you are 70 and your parents are alive and they're 90, do you have to obey them? No. Unless you live at their house and they pay your bills. Then you obey them, correct? Well, I'm 70. I can go out when I want to. If you live in this house, you're going to be home by midnight, right? (laughs) But we always honor our parents. And and, and I know in in this room that, that there are probably people whose parents hadn't been who they should be. That doesn't mean you honor what they've done or what they haven't done or who they haven't been to you. But you show respect because they're your mom and daddy. You honor them just like you can honor an older person who may not be worthy of respect, but you honor them because of their age. You honor your parents. Here's the fifth thing. You're going to love this. Honor your ministers. Ministers, can I get an amen? That was cowardly, but Brandon's sick too, so he doesn't care. He amen pretty loud. Do y'all think this is in the Bible, or did I just make this up? First Thessalonians five twelve. Every pastor memorizes this his first day at seminary. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you. And give you spiritual guidance. Have you ever thought that the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, not the pastor, says that you should honor your ministers? What, how are you pleasing God to disrespect them? Well, mine's not worthy of, you, God wrote this, I didn't. You honor them and you respect your ministers. They may need to be corrected. They may need to be spanked. Sometimes they need to be fired. But you honor your ministers if you're doing it God's way. Here's the sixth thing. Honor your husbands. Can I get an amen, men? Amen. Another verse, every man memorizes the day he's saved. We make little boys memorize this before we baptize them. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, we leave that first part out. Because, you know, they're young and we just want them to get parts of the Bible. And the wife must respect her husband. This is good, isn't it? I'm not medicated, but I'm lightheaded, so forgive me. 
Ladies, did you know one thing that your husband needs? He needs to be respected. That's truth. That's one of men's needs. And, and nobody in this world can give him that respect coming from the place of intimacy that you can. You need to respect your husband. Well, he's an idiot. Well, you married him. What does that make you? <laughs> Double idiots, right? <laughs> respect and adore your husband. Man, isn't that good? Respect and adore your husband. i got to put this in here too, guys. I'm sorry. Honor your wives. Ladies, that's kind of weak. Y'all still mad or something? <laughs> First Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. It's talking physically. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so... Your prayers won't go unhindered. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Men, you know what God tells us? That, that I want you to honor your wife. I, I want you to respect her. I want you to listen to her. Well, she talks too much. You married her. You knew that. You listen to her. Get earbuds, whatever, but just nod every now and then and say, yes, honey, yes. But God says, honor Honor your wife. Respect her. Show, show her that you adore her. Ladies, show him that you respect him as the leader and as the man. Make him feel like he's a leader even if he's not. All he needs to do is think it and he'll be okay. Me and you honor and respect her as a precious gift from God. And, and just to bring this all together, God says just honor everybody. Just, just honor everyone. Romans 12.10, love this verse. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Now, some translations, I think, say it better than the New Living Translation there. It says they, they literally say to try to outdo one another in honoring each other. Isn't that great? See, we try to outdo each other in income and what I do on my vacation versus you and that, you know, I'm better than you. I have more sales than you. My car's bigger than you. We try to outdo. He says, outdo one another and honoring each other. You will stand alone as the winner most of the time in that contest. God says, listen, honor everybody. He gives us specifics that I laid out here, but it's a blanket thing. Show honor and respect to everyone because everybody is valuable. If your theology doesn't get this, your theology is wrong. God created every person. Every person is created in the image of God. And Jesus Christ died for every person. Every person's worth honoring. I had a pastor friend who told me years ago in, in one of his churches, he had a mean older person. He tried to honor him. But he said he was mean. He had gray hair, but he didn't have wisdom. And he said that the guy treated him really bad, and he'd always treated all the ministers bad. And, and he said this guy's motto, he would tell people, he said, you don't honor the man, you honor the position. And he, my friend said he didn't do either. <laughs> He's half right. <laughs> you should honor a position because God says to, but you honor the man. You see, we honor people because they're people. See, we honor people because they have money. 
And they can do something for us. And if I'm your friend and I hang out with you, boy, I'll look cool. We, we don't grow out of third grade immaturity when we're 80, do we? At the nursing home tonight, there are people trying to kiss up to the richest person in the nursing home. I'm certain of that. Dorman tells me he, he's there all the time. And I do respect him as my elder, much elder. Show respect to people. Gordon McDonald was a, is a famous preacher and writer. When he was a young man, he was 24 years old. This years and years ago, probably 50 years ago. Billy Graham was at the beginning of his fame. I mean, becoming a worldwide known preacher. And Gordon McDonald met him. He was at his college, and he met him. And he said, you know, I'm here. I was a 24-year-old, just young, nobody preacher. And I'm getting to shake hands with this world-renowned preacher. And he said, I just figured he's going to shake my hand and walk on. He said, he stopped. He looked me in the eyes for two or three minutes, gave me his full attention, called me by name. He said, I've 50 years later never forgotten that encounter because he showed honor to me as a nobody kid. Cindy and I have a friend who worked in the Texas Department of Corrections prison system for about 40 years. He's been a Christian for years. He's a pastor now. But he told me, and he worked in some of the toughest prisons in, in Texas. And he, was a, he started out as a guard and then w- went up into management. But he said he watched how most guards treated most prisoners. And he said certainly there's innocent people in prison, but there's more guilty people in prison. And in some of the places he was in, he was around some of the worst of the worst. And some of them weren't repentant. I mean, they were still really bad people. He said a lot of the guards treated them like dirt. They treated them like animals. He said, but every now and then you would see somebody, and almost every time it was a Christian. They were stern, and they were firm, and they were careful, but they treated the people who had the worst past, and some of them the worst present, like they were creations of God, and special and unique. That's what God tells us to do. I want you to honor everybody. I want you to respect everybody. And let's look lastly at this. What what does honoring others do? What, What happens when we do this? Always remember God is not frivolous. God never gives us commands or instructions that don't matter and that 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 just you know, hey, we needed a little more in chapter 19. Can you throw this in there? So these things matter. Let me give you a couple of things real quick. One, this shows we honor and respect God. Verse 32, I want to read the whole verse. Stand in the presence of the elderly, show respect for the ages. Fear your God, I am the Lord God. At the end of verse 34, he says again, I am the Lord your God. At the end of verse 36, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You know what he's saying here by saying, I am the Lord your God? I'm going to paraphrase this correctly. He's saying, you better do this. Honor the elderly. You better do it. Honor the stranger and the people who aren't like you. You better do it. Don't you cheat people in your business interactions. Cut a little bit here on a contract that they just don't know about. Whatever it is, don't you do this. Don't you mistreat your parents or your wife or your husband or, God forbid, your ministers. (laughs) 
Don't you do that? You respect me enough that you do this. See, here's where we are in modern Christianity. If, if I know a little bit about the Bible and I can argue it and I listen to these sermons and these podcasts, all oh, that's great. I love it. I do the same thing. We think that makes us good with God. That's not true at all. How we treat people is the greatest reflection of how we are with God. Did you hear me? You see, how I treat people and how you treat people is more of a reflection on you than it is on them. Read your New Testament over and over and over. God says, how can you say you love me, worship me, honor me, and you don't even like the people in front of you? How we treat other people and honor or don't honor other people shows about our relationship with God. To their face, behind their back. Number two, we bring honor to the name and cause of God when we do this. When we respect elderly people, we respect our spouses, the stranger, our ministers. We bring, we bring glory and honor to God. In, in Matthew 5, we talked about this several times recently. We're called to be salt and light, bring warmth and guidance and direction and flavoring to the world. And when we honor people, we do that. When we dishonor people, we do not do that. We do not bring glory to the name of Christ. When we're dishonoring. Thirdly, you do, you're doing your part to make things work well. You go, boy, I wish things were better at work. I wish things were better in my family. I wish things were better in our community. The list could go on. Hey, why don't you do what you can to make it better? You know what? You'd be amazed how much better a husband or wife you had if you truly honored them. Well, they don't honor me. You can't control them. Heard a sermon series on that a few weeks ago. Not very good, but I heard it. You'd be amazed how much things might go better in our community, in our world, if we quit hating on one another and started treating people who were differently with honor. I really think that you'd make your ministers better if... We always practice that, and I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying that's a way to make them better. And you know what? Older people might like you if you treated them better. Young people, right? You see, you, may not, you and me may not be able to impact the 7 billion people in the world at the same time. We may not be able to influence the corners of Montana and the tip of South Africa, all tonight. But you know what? That's not what God's probably calling you to do tonight. He's calling you to try to influence and make your world better. You will make it better when you honor the people in front of you. And lastly, you help these people be the best they can be. Now, I know this and you know this. There's, there's mean people. There's mentally ill psychologically messed up people, evil people, people who aren't going to ever take any responsibility. It doesn't matter what you do, you are never going to help them. But a lot of people respond to this. Now, this isn't the way you should be, but most people, how you treat them, they'll treat you. Now, you need to be bigger than that. You don't let people con control how you behave, but most people, that's how they behave. How we treat them is how they're going to treat us. It'd be amazing how much better our lives would be if we made other people's lives better. And when we show favor and honor and kindness to people, we're doing everything in our ability 
to make them to be the best they can be. You know, when I was growing up, and I'm sure you heard it too, you would hear people say it's not who wins or loses, it's how you play the game. Remember hearing that? No, no coach I ever played for believed that. <laughs> no team I ever played for. Oh, we don't care if we lose, we just want to be good sports. No, that, that was baloney. But isn't that a great motto for life? And you know, here's the truth with God. If you get your mind off of your ego and what's in it for you and how to benefit you, and, and, you, and you, truly, you truly thought of, I'm going to play the game God's way and quit worrying about the score, I promise you in the end you win, and you win big time. This evening, if you're really messed up with this, I'm going to say you need Christ. Because you can only do this if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Really, you, 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 you can only do it if he's your Lord and Savior. And if he's not, come tonight and give your life to Christ. Let us help you with that. You need the Holy Spirit to make this possible. Maybe you'd like to join our church. You can do it at the invitation or after church. I think you need a church to help you. Practicing honoring your ministers, right? You've got to be in a church. Christian, maybe, and, and some of you are, you're doing beautifully with this. Some of us aren't. Maybe it's where you're standing or at the altar. You want to get this squared up with God. And before we stand, I just want to ask you, will you selectively obey God tonight or will you jump off the board and go all in? Let's stand. We'll be waiting.